0: Listeners, welcome back to another episode of
1: Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump 4 minutes at a time. I'm your co-host Rob and joined by my good, my best good friends, Joe and Duff.
0: <laughs> Hi. To everything, Duff, Duff, Duff. <laughs>
1: Um, that's not, uh, never. I guess we'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get, we'll get to it. So, so minutes seventy three through seventy six. It starts with Forrest giving Jenny his Congressional Medal of Honor and ends with a homeless man in a wheelchair yelling at Forrest.
0: Yep, that sums um, it up.
1: Um So, he's not homeless.
0: That's true. Well, he okay. has he has a nice little bachelor pad. True.
2: We we'll get to that. I think I guess next week. I, do you have you not seen the rest of the movie?
1: No, I'm, only, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it. I'm doing it four are, minutes. Are you time. watching
0: it in real time while we do this <laughs> for the first time?
1: I have reels. I actually cut up reels. <laughs> um, so, Forrest gives Jenny this Congressional Medal of Honor, and I first off, what is she going to do with this? This is a thing that happens in movies, and I don't know if it happens in real life, where people give things they've earned to other people
2: <laughs> well <laughs> well we've never earned anything so that's, <laughs> well, pr- that's probably why we, why we don't understand
0: sometimes it. human beings like to share things mm. that are special with other people
1: yeah but
2: okay like winning okay. a podcast of the year award
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah if he okay, had won podcast be- of the year and he had rigged it you you would be like oh you shouldn't have given that away
1: it would be like if so I, we have well, we do have a, an award we have the uh, Titanic yeah, Minute won <laughs> we, we, best we, podcast. We... Mass.
0: What if I just gave it? You got a bunch of people from out of state to vote, so that we, we won.
2: You you rigged a vote that had a total of 103 ballots, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I don't know. We don't know the totals. And they don't it... disclose those things, Joe. And a small midwestern city. <laughs> All I need is a plurality. <laughs> uh, what if I just gave that away? Like, let's say you know, someday I. Uh, I get a different job or something and I like give it to my current boss and I was like, here you go. What? Thanks a lot for uh for everything. Here's my medal.
0: God, are you?
1: all so
2: technically I I that's one third mine. A. B. <laughs> yeah. I I forgot that we we won it until just now when you started talking about
1: giving away awards. Yep.
0: By the way. Caroline, Jamie, you're welcome for the spoils that you enjoyed at that ceremony.
1: That's true. There was free food and drink that yeah. Caroline
0: what? and
2: Jamie enjoyed with yeah.
0: us. Yeah. Um, they
2: per- did they pretend to be me and Duff? No? no? <laughs> who no? was they who? Just- <laughs> <laughs> I would also Jamie- like to know who was who.
0: Jamie has me- has that shirt of me, so I'm guessing that he was me. <laughs>
1: Uh, so I just don't understand like giving like giving a medal that you earn like I wouldn't want to receive that from anyone. If everyone's like, "Here's my Olympic silver medal," I'd be like, "Cool."
0: You sometimes for you, you. just you just have such foreign concepts of humanity that I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> like are you for, are you familiar with the concept of like symbols and like giving <laughs> and?
1: Yeah, giving, but I don't want like I don't want to receive something. He like my dad, my like my dad has he, a Purple Heart. He, read, he didn't like.
2: <laughs> He read The Great Gatsby. He's like, I don't know what the big deal about this billboard is. Why do they keep talking about it?
1: (laughs) But if, like, I just, I just, these things don't, like, I I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't.
2: If your dad had won the Congressional Medal of Honor fighting in World War II and gave it to you, you'd just be like, what are you giving this to me for? Yeah. Well, so, like, that. I
0: I didn't go there. Why are you giving this to me, I would be
1: like, hold on to this, and then, like you know after he passed i'd be like all right well i'll hold on to it now cuz it's something Dude. my dad won do you
0: get that that's supposed to show like how much someone cares if it's like something special and then they give like
1: <laughs> what no i don't oh, actually <laughs> it's it's worthless to me is what i'm saying I've... like like time is important that's a that's a thing that that's a thing people could give that's useful but just being like here's a totem again that i don't want to hold on to a symbol
0: also, I like how you refer to, like, the highest award you can get in war as a totem. like Like, <laughs> yes. some, like something you got in a gumball machine at Chuck E. Cheese.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm just I'm just saying that, like, I don't, like, Forrest earned it. Good job, man. You know? I mean, what he you, did in his, his own
2: way, he says he won it because of her. Like, obviously, it's not literally what he says. He says he
0: did This it is not a subtle movie. It. He literally <laughs> says that.
1: I know that, but, like, I are wa- you? Like,
2: it'd be like if your father, if you were alive, <laughs> it goes to war, yep. fights for survival, and he comes home, and he's like, I won this medal, but the reason I, I was able to make it through is because I-, I so badly wanted to get home and see you again, and I want you to have this medal
1: because it represents my love for you. And I'd say, thanks for knocking mom up and leaving the country, dad. Uh- <laughs> real cool. Real big of you, buddy. Ah, Jesus Christ.
0: You, this, hearing you talk right now is like those scenes in Terminator 2 where he's like learning about people.
2: (laughs) Your your wife was like, aren't you going to get
1: me an engagement ring? What, what, that's just a totem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair. My wife's engagement ring is the wedding ring. There wasn't two separate ones, so we kind of did go with that. You know what I mean.
0: The only thing I'll concede to you is that you definitely uh, walk the walk on this. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So say say
2: what what you will about Goebbels, he he practiced what he preached.
0: (laughs) So one final question, like when you see like footage of like you know. When like John Kerry and all those guys like threw their medals over the fence like do you get why well, that was a big deal do you get yeah how-
1: but but they threw it over the fence they didn't give it to some girlfriend who like <laughs> eight years later is like pff, pff, just threw it over a fence
0: what's wrong with you
1: I look like, what do you think Jenny does with that medal? what is she gonna do this
0: probably holds on to it
1: we'll see we'll see how many times that yeah, thing you, like, pops you, up you through literally movie. don't know because you haven't watched the rest of the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so he gives her this medal, right? Yeah. Which a when you're, total When your
0: when your son like wins a trophy or something, you can be like, oh look at that, that plastic, worthless.
1: No, I would be proud
2: of him that he earned that trophy. Dad, mm-hmm. you inspired me to play basketball. I want you to have this MVP trophy that I won because you're the one who led me down this path. And your response
0: takes up shelf space. What's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't really have any room. My podcast awards take up <laughs> all my shelf space. I don't like here. Here's
1: a podcast award. Now we're even. Uh, it's oh, blocking my, my.
0: It's blocking my Val Kilmer artwork. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so okay, so so he he gives her this medal. She says, "I'll always be your girl," and then just gets on a bus with her boyfriend and leaves his life. Abusive again. boyfriend. <laughs> What's that?
0: abusive boyfriend
1: yeah some kind of like cool great moment as she just like gets on the bus and waves goodbye to him as she like takes off with Wesley the terrible
0: yeah it's it, watching this like with older eyes you're like hmm this is sad She's leading but not, him on it's sad but not for the reasons that the filmmakers want it to be the, yeah th-
2: this intellectually limited man uh clearly views her as a listen girlfriend. I'm right here he clearly views her as his <laughs> girlfriend, and she's like, oh, I'll always be your girl. Anyways, bye. Coming,
0: yeah, I know. It's terrible. Coming, Wesley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me just go wave to bye to this kid who gave me his medal. What should we do with this? We are anti-war protesters. <laughs> what gonna, should we do with this medal of honor?
0: Can't even sure. make a bong out of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll find... A great home on that bus uh duff we have a song that kicks in here and song, i think many you should, songs you should we tell have, us about we it. have
0: a lot of songs uh yeah we have uh turn 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 by mm. the birds mm-hmm. so I, uh, I don't ever need to hear this song again for the i like my this life. song i oh, I, I i fully recognize that it's like it's like the boomer anthem and i'm pretty sure it's used in drug ads and whatnot but i like it a lot yep i don't i don't know i don't know what it is like we've heard a lot of songs like this where i'm like "Oh, can't hear the same like i don't know why i still like the song and i never want to hear fortunate son again but i still like this song
1: what are yeah. you supposed to turn in this song
0: uh well <laughs> god, the
1: god
2: Jeez. oh my god
0: it's a tur- it's about turntables you... invented okay. rap music
2: <sighs> did you go to like sunday school ever
1: yeah oh yeah well i did but when i got in a lot of trouble Bi- in it yeah okay exactly
2: like when they talked about the bible were you just like, like are you just this incapable of
1: reading subtext i think that might be true
0: when it was your turn to handle the snake like <laughs> <laughs> what was there <laughs> was there any lead up to that or so what are they turning seasons time <laughs>
1: For every season, you turn time back. No, if I could turn, time. turn, turn back if time. If I could turn back <laughs> turn, time. Turn, turn back time.
0: First, it's ev- for everything. That song there is, is better than this one. Can we oh, agree on that? Uh,
1: both no, good. but the video's better. They're both good
0: songs. <laughs> um, well, First of all, it's ev- to everything there is a season, Turn and turn is the passage of time. Yes, and-
2: like life has seasons.
0: Yes, mm. and uh, the lyrics are um, they're the first eight verses of the third chapter of the book of Eccles- Let's like, wait, 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 wait. Let's oh. try to
2: have Rob pronounce it. I can't even pronounce
1: it. Uh, Ecclesia God or some nonsense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's Eccles- Ecclesiastes. Oh yeah, Ecclesiastes. Right. Sounds like a colon cleanse or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what they advertise. That's what they use this song to advertise for.
0: Um, so yeah it's uh, it was originally written by Pete Seeger in the who rules yeah awesome dude is that uh, related to Bob Seeger no <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> di- different number of these turn the page turn 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 the page what who sings turn the page that's Bob Seeger but it's a yeah. weird Bob Seeger impression yeah wow. I just you wanted to get turned like in there Al Pacino times. impression Hi, <laughs> hey, I'm Bob Seeger <laughs> Here I am on the road again.
1: All right. So back about the song. You've told us nothing about the song.
0: I told you, I just told you a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, written right. by Pete Seeger. It was That's kind right. of a, it was another one of these folk songs that was covered by everyone in the early sixties. Um, first released by a group called the Lime Lighters. Um, and it hit <laughs> it's number a dumb name. Yeah. <laughs> Not good.
1: Not as good as the birds for a name, Joe. With a Y. <laughs> Well, okay.
0: It's easier uh, to say. So, yeah, it was uh, a number one hit in December of 1965 um, and has been used in like everything. <laughs> Most of the examples on the Wikipedia are now ironic examples, like it was featured in Beer Fest or something like that. Um, supposedly, the master recording of the song took the bird 78 takes over five days. Wow. Have you
1: heard the um have you heard the dance mix of this song, Duff?
0: No. It's called turnt, turnt, turnt. Mm. <laughs> I wish we had a hook. <laughs>
1: I, luckily our listeners do as they've just skipped this episode. Yeah. Or maybe just outright unsubscribe. For
2: every skeets and turn turnt turnt. Turn. <laughs> S- skeet. Um S- skeet. S- skeet. Uh, uh, that's a thing in a song, right? Yeah. We could delete that. Yeah. Anyways, out of many uh, many songs, I never need to hear again. So far in this I, movie, this is chief among them. My I I
0: fully understand that. I still like it a lot. I like the song too. Yep. Boring. I like the I like that twelve uh, string guitar that the birds got going on.
1: Um. So now we we kind of transition over into uh, into the moon, man. We're landing landing on the moon.
0: We've landed on the moon. <laughs>
1: Uh, so this is summer of 1969. Stan-
0: Stanley Kubrick footage right here. <laughs> which, <laughs> which,
1: by the way, I'm surprised Brian Adams' summer of 69 was not played in this song. Mm. In this movie, I mean. Well, true. It wasn't made then. What? When
2: did summer of 69 come out? Like the 80s? Yeah. No, I, thought, I meant it
1: wasn't a period It wasn't song, period. It wasn't, oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. I thought, like, okay. All right. All right. Listen, guys, I'm behind a little bit today, I feel Yeah. Like. Are you on cold medicine or something? <laughs> um. So we find out that Forrest is into special services for his ping pong skills. So he's traveling around for the military, playing ping pong for people.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> he says, like, that's the best way to fight the communists. And <laughs> I remarked to myself, well, guns have never seemed to work. So might as well try ping pong. As good
1: as any.
0: It's as good a plan as any we had much um, better than like exploding cigars which was an actual thing the CIA <laughs> tried
1: so <clears throat> we have this brief time in China in the movie where uh, forrest uh, I think he says years later plays on a team that plays China now I have some digressions to go here do you guys want to know what happened in the book or what happened in a deleted scene first that deleted, takes deleted.
0: Place in China. let's go deleted scene first okay there's a deleted
1: scene. Oh, no. I, like, here's the best part about deleted does, scenes in this he, movie.
0: Does he meet Chairman Mao?
1: No. But the best part about deleted scenes is, like, as I'm reading them, you realize how ridiculous it is. But then you forget how ridiculous this entire movie is. Like, it's just yes. an example of how yeah. silly it is. Okay. So, there's a deleted scene where like, he plays... <sighs> hold sorry. on. He I... plays ping pong with George Bush, who at the time oh, was the God. ambassador of chi- to China. Does... And in okay. the in the scene as Forrest is like was that playing before... sorry
2: sorry was that before or after
1: he was uh, led the
0: CIA I think it was before
1: I think it would be before um, yeah, okay you're right it would be so he's like playing uh ping pong with George Bush uh the elder George Bush and in the scene it's Forrest like in Gump... like, a,
2: like it's supposed to be like a recreation thing well or so like an actor's playing him
1: uh so there is footage of George Bush in china or i don't know if i guess he's not in china but he's playing like ping pong with a soldier oh, so that that footage exists and in the footage that exists and they wanted to use in the movie a uh, force hits the ball and it hits george bush in the nuts
0: <laughs> <laughs> i wish this was still it. yeah i
1: wish it was in the movie too uh i also so... <laughs> i
0: also wish it was just dana carvey as george bush <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was like it was not you know some, that some found footage stuff that they that they started working on, and uh, it, on the Blu-ray on one of the special features, it does kind of show like how far they got in it until I think they decide like, ah, we're not we're not putting that in this movie. It's too silly. That would be um, silly. Yeah. So the other thing, a fun fact before I get to the book thing is uh, this how they do the sequence with uh, Forrest and the guy playing, um playing ping-pong in the actual movie, there's no ball. So that's just a, just a CGI ball. So it's just people hitting air, then they add the ball later. Pretty easy. Um, now, in the book, however, Duff, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, and I don't – here's the thing. I have notes on what happened in the book, but I read it so long ago now that I don't remember all of it, so all I have are my notes. And my notes simply say – that Forrest goes to China and saves Chairman Mao from drowning.
0: <laughs> I believe it in the Yangtze or something. I, I, obvi- I obviously, obviously, you don't know. I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine.
1: Something happens that he saves. I think he like, and I think because he saves them, he helps like fix China-U.S. relations because of that act. Hmm. So, uh pretty wild. Duff. We got uh-huh. some more songs here, don't we?
0: Uh, yeah. So during we, the ping ponging, and- we have uh, first we have Aquarius, I believe, comes up first, or does that come up? I lose track. There's so many it, damn songs. I mean, I have notes. On. So I have Aquarius, which uh, is from the nineteen sixty seven musical Hair. Um, it's part of the medley uh, of Aquarius, "Let the Sun Shine In," um,
1: which owns, by the way,
0: it. I prefer the version in the 40-year-old virgin, which we talked about. Yes. Uh, It was released as a single by the group The Fifth Dimension. Mm, Uh, What
1: dimension? The Fifth Dimension.
0: (laughs) I think that's a pretty cool name for a group. Uh, Went to number one in 1969. Here's some stuff I didn't really know that's interesting. So the lyrics of this were based on the astrological belief that the world would soon be entering the age of Aquarius, which is an age of love light and humanity unlike the current age of pisces suck at pisces <laughs> so here's here's the kicker so the exact circumstances for the change are when the moon is in the seventh house and jupiter aligns with mars and that was presumed to happen at the end of the 20th century oh, but no. but astrologers can't really agree so the proposed dates range from uh 2062 to 2680 so, kind of a range. <laughs> yep. 2062
1: so, to 2680? Yes. Yeah, so, so, like th- a 600-year range?
0: Yeah, so theoretically, um, if we live that long, some of us might see the Age of the Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Or it's like okay. the super intelligent apes will see the Age of Aquarius. <laughs> uh-huh. right. Okay.
2: All right. That I did not know. Maybe that's what makes them intelligent.
0: Maybe.
1: The Aquarius that's, Age.
2: I like But this. I think, I can't remember the year that... How, how far ahead is of the Apes? it's
0: actually like way further but okay. i still think it's a good joke no
2: that's what i mean is a I
0: i want to say it's like 39 something it's way up there i don't know uh do you want to do the next song or do you want to talk about the worst sequence in the movie
1: <laughs> uh let's talk about the uh the worst sequence in the movie. A- in
0: my opinion there's several that are contenders but
1: um we have uh four scump goes on the dick cavett show and who is on that show as well? None other than John Lennon. And this sequence An is a real mess for a host of reasons. I think we probably...
0: I, I think we've said this before but John Lennon looks like what Conan used to do like the Arnold bits like his mouth is not matching what he says. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. See, is... I think you guys
2: have gone too, been too easy on the previous sequences like this cuz I think this one's maybe a little bit worse, but this one all, is way worse. Uh, I mean it's worse, it's worse, but I think what I mean is like they're all pretty
0: bad. I think mm. that visually like you can talk about the the voices, but I think visually I'm not taken out here it's it's like someone doing like a adobe flash project or something with john london's mouth the other
1: thing that makes it bad yeah outside of like the the mouth um is is not correct it's
0: like it's like the audio and the video are not synced
1: um but yeah the terrible mouth morphing and then the other problem is and i think what why it takes us out of it is we have like they keep the footage of of um Lennon like leaning forward over Tom Hanks it's like the movie kind of being like look at yeah look what we did and it's
0: smoking. like
1: yeah well I mean it's it, I think it's just more of the fact that he leans forward across force is sort of like the like Zemeckis and the filmmakers being like hey look at how good our effects are yeah he leaned in front of him we didn't just like splice it here and that to me is like that has no need to be in here and uh, I mean, I'm sure Lennon actually did that on his Dick Cavett appearance, which would have been in 1971 was his first appearance. On yeah, Dick he Cavett was on show. Dick Cavett
0: a lot. Uh,
1: do you guys know much about Dick Cavett?
2: He's good.
0: He yeah, is good. He's, I mean, I know that his talk show was wildly different than what we think of talk shows now. Like it was largely unscripted. It was just, he was he would just, Mostly. yeah, he would like have people on that he thought were interesting and. It was, you know, it wasn't like puff pieces where it's like, oh, what movie are you promoting today, Arnold, or something like that. Yeah, Yeah.
2: like imagine like a talk show having authors on.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, a couple interesting things about Dick Cavett. A, still alive. I had no idea, guys. Yeah, he does. He
0: occasionally does voiceover stuff. But yeah, he's, I don't know if he's officially retired or he just doesn't want to do it anymore. I don't know
1: he's 83 he can he could put his legs up and relax um he
0: he was in beetlejuice
1: (laughs) he is also i read in like this is early as like the 90s maybe even the 80s he was very open about dealing with depression which i think is pretty awesome considering how early like how long ago he was talking about it um
0: yeah he's a very intellectual guy i think he's done a lot of writing
1: yes yes um and the other thing is, do you guys know about his most famous moment on his show.
0: Uh, not With, offhand.
1: So this kind of gets to your point, Joe. About imagine like a show like having interesting things on it. He had in uh, 1970, so before this uh, John Lennon moment, he had Lester Maddox on, who was the governor of Georgia, um, on a show about segregation, and in 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 that. On that show, in that panel with them, was Truman Capote and Jim Brown, <laughs> <laughs> which is wild to me. And uh, the reason this sequence is so famous is Dick Cavett had said something about, had made some quote about the bigots who elected Maddox, and Maddox was pretty upset about this uh, and wanted Dick Cavett to apologize. And Dick Cavett's like, "No, I'm not going to apologize for what I said." And Maddox was really mad about it, and then finally Cavage just said like, "All right, I apologize to anyone who anyone in Georgia who voted for you that isn't a bigot <laughs> <laughs> that rules. and Maddox got so upset. he just stormed off and walked off the set, and that's like the most famous moment on that on that show is uh his his maddox got uh lester maddox not a good guy lester maddox jim brown um, should have gone uh, running man style on him while he was there <laughs> yes oh my god yes um so in this footage though outside of the bad mouth morphing outside of the special effects that are kind of flexing it's it's just a stupid sequence with like force this is the beginning of when things get real silly on this movie and this is this is the first one where it's like oh what if forrest gump's the one who gave the idea of imagine to john lennon
0: it's hokey and dumb and doesn't i mean none of these you know encounters or inspirational things really serve a purpose but uh, i don't know this one i mean the others are not subtle or graceful at all but they seem to be in comparison to this Well,
2: in the first half of the movie it's all what if Forrest saw this or was yeah. at yeah. this, and then for the rest of the movie, it's like, what if Forrest ins- did like, this? It, she yeah. did this, changed this, inspired this, and it's uh, it's not good. It's yeah, bad.
1: that's that's a good point, Joe. Thanks. It does change it for me. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a medal next time I see you. Something I won once. I um, uh, hope you take it seriously. Um, if you can find something. <laughs> uh so there's also I don't know why this bothers me maybe it's because I'm just cranky lately um <laughs> but that, what, like that, do you want to talk about it? no I th- I'm okay um all right the sequence like you know we have this like silly sequence and like there's a lot of like pretty serious stuff including Vietnam and all this stuff I don't think there's anyone's outcome handled with this I mean this movie literally pauses the movie zooms in on john lennon to like talk about how he was assassinated or murdered you know uh a few years later and then like staticky you know like it's just like a very strange way for this movie the way it handles john lennon's outcome compared to anything else this movie it's definitely handled with more like sincerity and and than anything else
0: because if you make a boomer movie you're automatically obligated to worship john lennon
1: i think i mean that's that's what i'm in like i love the beatles like i i'm you know but it's just it's just striking especially when you watch it at this point like all the other things that happened before and will happen later they the movie literally pauses as we zoom in on john lennon's face with like you know he was murdered and uh I don't. It's just. It's the whole sequence is no good. No good. It is very. Don't worry. Bad.
2: It gets worse in a few seconds.
1: Well, <laughs> well, um, it it does, I guess, because then we see we run into an old friend, as uh, as Forrest leaves a Dick Cavett show. None other than Lieutenant Dan is waiting for him in his he wheelchair. He tracked
0: him down. Now,
1: in the book. And maybe this is why I made the homeless comment earlier in the book. Um, it is actually in Washington, DC, which is where um, I think it was like around this, this sequence we just saw with Forrest. Uh, we have Forrest run into Lieutenant Dan and he's under a garbage bag in the streets of Washington, DC
0: under in the book. a garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so <laughs> that might've been why I thought he was homeless. Um, which, by the way, he could have just run into him the same way in this movie versus this whole Dick Cavett and, like, he tracked him down on live TV, I guess. and then Or I guess he probably would have known that so he that, that's be a an, guest.
0: That's another thing. How did Lieutenant Dan know? Because I'm pretty sure Dick Cavett was not live. I think it was, like, a syndicated talk show.
1: Well, maybe he went to Dick Cavett's website and saw the next week's guests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He went on. Like,
0: t- he went on to Arpanet or whatever it was. And,
1: and was
2: like, oh my god, that's He's, my good friend. He's CIA and George Bush told him after
1: the ping pong game. <laughs> <laughs> um, looks like Lieutenant Dan's had some rough times, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So do you guys have anything else on
0: this? Uh, well, I got, I got one song. I think I realize now that it, we did do it out of order, but whatever. Because there's too many okay. songs. Uh, so when we have one song next time but uh, this is a good one this is joy to the world by three dog night this is a good song guys
1: yeah yes. i i know so my neither like music wasn't huge in my household as a kid growing up um but i do know that i found out later on that my mom's favorite band i remember when i asked her this in high school was three dog night
0: you know what three dog night very underrated on the whole like you pick up uh i mean this is a band where you don't need like they're not an album's band you just pick up the greatest hits but like there's gonna be at least five or six songs maybe even like a dozen where you're like that's a good song three dog night's pretty good
1: so tell us about joy to the world
0: so there's a couple interesting things about this uh joy to the world was originally composed by hoyt Axton was kind of a minor country star uh, and he wanted to persuade producers to record a new melody he had and so he didn't have any words so he just basically like made up this song and had nonsense lyrics Uh, Hoyt Axton is not really a household name like I said his uh, he's just on every deck of cards well His biggest hit was a duet with Linda Ronstadt called When the Morning Comes. Went to number 10 on the country charts and number 54 on the Billboard Hot 100. Okay. But where you might know Hoyt Axton is he was an occasional actor. He did uh, like a lot of TV, like kind of like Dukes of Hazzard type stuff and was not in that much. But he, shout out to the Mogwai Minute, played Randall in Gremlins. Oh. So the guy who gets Billy the Maguire is Hoyt Axton.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So, uh,
1: oh, I don't, Rand, Rand, the inventor guy, right? Yeah, the old guy okay. who
0: buys the buys, yeah. the, buys, the, buys the buys the buys the, He makes he always makes things that break, and he buys the Maguire and gives it to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I don't, I didn't really see how Three Dog Night originally came across this. It was kind of a minor hit. But uh, a member of Three Dog Night said the original lyrics to the song were Jeremiah was a prophet, but no one liked it. Uh, they viewed it as a silly kid song with nonsense lyrics, but it was a number one hit in 1970. The single alone sold five million copies. Wow. Big hit for old Three Dog Night. Yeah,
1: it's this
2: is like the p- worst when you're just screwing around. And, you know, you make a song like, let's just throw it in there. And then it becomes a big hit. And you're like, we have to play this at every show for the rest of our lives. Arguably their
0: biggest hit. Maybe the other thing about Three Dog Night is they didn't really write their own stuff. But they did stuff by like uh, Harry Nilsson. we'll talk about next episode. Uh, Randy Newman, uh, obviously Boyd Exton. Um, But I did want to share my favorite Three Dog Night anecdote. Maybe one of my favorite anecdotes in all of music. Okay. Uh, so none of the people in Three Dog Night are really famous, but one of the. There's a couple of people who did vocals, but there's a guy named uh, Chuck Negron. Chuck Negron, he loved the ladies. He loved the ladies. How much did he love the ladies? So much that his penis exploded.
2: <laughs> 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 Tell me Come on. <laughs>
0: Uh So, first of all. <laughs> this is one of those things where we have to take him at his word and, you know, it's, but, but it comes from his, it it comes from, we do. I've had
2: so much sex. My penis. Well,
0: it come, he at least thought that it was worth putting in his autobiography. So I'm treating it as canon. So he says he was having just massive amounts of sex with groupies and that he thought that, uh, because his penis was becoming uh so swollen like when it was not supposed to be swollen (laughs) was uh he said a venereal disease was was a good thing um and so he went to the doctor and the doctor said um you're literally wearing this muscle and this organ out you need to give it a great uh give it a break it's not Uh, a muscle i yeah i misspoke (laughs) so There are muscles in it. I mean, that's what I meant. So, Negron ignored this, leading to the now infamous penis explosion. (laughs) According to Negron, his organs split down the middle like a hot dog, accompanied by a pleasant ripping sound. Oh,
1: Oh my God. God. Okay, Uh, first off, he had gonorrhea. That's what he had. Well, he
2: went to the doctor. I'm sure they checked for it.
1: My dad once told me about the (laughs) the concerns of getting gonorrhea, but he just knew it as... Uh, the, clap. Uh, the, clap. the clap yeah so he told me about the clap and he said th- maybe he was telling me about the three dog night why do he they call told it the me, clap what's that why do they call it that well maybe my story may help you on that I don't know oh. but he told me that uh, what would happen is back in the day if it happened it would swell up and get all pussy mm. and then you'd have to lay it on a table and they would take a mallet
0: <laughs> Jesus
1: and then they would they would hit it like that and then it would it would get all the pus out so no I thought we sure. thought that's There's why no they called one. it the clap he was just trying to scare you yeah. well it worked yeah, he, yeah still was, haven't still had, had sex,
2: from having sex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: I found a, a different article with I think it's an actual quote uh, Negron said I think it was Miss Oklahoma And we ended up Spending the night together And in the middle of sex It was like a hot dog Splitting And you know I found myself In the emergency room With my penis in my hand Waiting to be stitched up Come
1: on Oh my god How, Is he still alive today?
0: Uh, not sure Does not matter
1: <laughs> Reach out to him Cannon. Who... Cannon Cannon <laughs>
0: Cannon That his penis exploded In <sighs> hey Miss <guy>. Oklahoma <laughs>
2: How's your dong? Is it, uh, I mean, can you get stitches on your penis?
0: Uh,
2: uh. Listeners, I help guess. us. <laughs> it seems like, it doesn't seem like that would work.
0: I mean, well, he's still alive, so we'll reach out to him. Oh, he is still alive. He is still alive.
2: I hope he's on Twitter. Send him oh, a my God.
0: I'm just going to read you the last sentence from his Wikipedia in his personal life. On August 6 2019, Chuck proposed to longtime girlfriend and manager who accepted in this YouTube video. <laughs>
2: yes, it's on YouTube.
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. A life, Amazing. A
0: life well lived.
1: All right. Like, you should leave a comment on the YouTube video asking about his penis. <laughs> Congrats, King. How's your dog? <laughs> Do you guys have anything else on this? It would be segment? the worst
2: if everyone put like hot dog emojis on his, uh, oh. <laughs> on his YouTube page. Oh,
1: man. Oh, well. Joy uh, to the world, indeed. Joy <laughs> to the world. Uh, listeners, if you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, we are at Gump Minute on both of them. We have a Facebook group called Box of Chocolates. You hey, you remember for that. Yep, or you could go to minutecom slash chocolates. That will redirect you to that. You can also go to minutecom just to see, I don't know, something you've missed. Who knows? Maybe if you were just Googling podcast episodes about exploding penises and you stumbled across us, um, <laughs> <laughs> you can keep listening to Forrest Gump content. Uh, and uh, we have a Patreon. You can support us at Patreon.com slash the midnight boys. Uh, One-third of all proceeds go to help Duff's penis surgery uh, to fix his <laughs> broken hot dog.
0: I Also, if you get, like, 50 friends, Rob will split his penis open. That's how, des- <laughs> that's how desperately he wants subscribers for this podcast.
2: Sorry if we ruined your favorite tube food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Happy the day. Till once more they ride high out to sea.